0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. to Tangle us, go back to some of the roots that took place in our childhood, the bad patterns, and address them and confront them head on. And it's gotten funny around here because we've been talking about money. And anytime money in church, because it comes very loaded, I mean, it is a full loaded conversation. No one's coming to the table with a blank canvas. Everyone's coming with perspectives. And we've been asking the Lord, what do you say about money? And God's got a lot to say about money. And in this free series where it's all about the health of the one, me first and then for the one. We are diving into topics emotionally and spiritually and physically and financially. And so we've been in a four-week kind of mini-series. And whether you're just jumping in now um, or you've been a part of it, you can come on for a one-off or con- the continuation. And all of the messages are in the City Life podcast as well. You can download the app, shameless plug right there, so that we can all be a unified body this year. So we can get healthiest we've ever been, so we can see clearly. Clearly into 2020. Sometimes you got to slow down to go fast. So that's been the, the discipline we're doing, a discipleship backwards, where you go backwards to go forward. And today, completing this sub-series of free to give, specifically about money, is I'm hoping it engages our head and it engages our heart. If you just do one alone, we run, run the risk of bad behavior, bad obedience, negligence. Um, If we just get all caught up in our head, we're not tied emotionally. If we all get caught up in our heart, sometimes we're driving on the wrong side of the road and we're like, well, God said, wait, did he say? (laughs) Let's slow down. So let's engage our head and our heart. We're going to do giving at the end of service today. And not reluctantly, but uh, but hopefully out of a cheerful heart, and that'll be um, the aim of the message today. I want to kick it off with uh, a phone call that took place at a church. So, lady calls a church, and she says, "Hey, secretary." Answers, I want to speak to the head hog of the trough. Secretary says, "Well, I'm sorry, man, but that's not how we address our pastor. You can't talk to him." Says, oh, that's sad because I had a million dollar check I was getting ready to write. You guys today. secretary goes, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, let me go get Porky for you. (laughs) How many times have we played the part to either get money or give money? And God shows no partiality. There's no Porky. There's no head hog at the trough. There's a call and there's a conviction here today to love the city one life at a time. We're a good news church that exists to explain, share, advance the cause of Christ in a powerful, relevant way, and ultimately that it will express and manifest itself through our daily lives as we are going. Today is titled Free to Give. I am cheering to give. How's that hit you? Me, it's been challenging gotten accustomed to giving and being generous and thinking about what that plays out but this now this next level to say am i cheering to give well that's how god looks at it and there could be a couple of disclaimers before we start i can't afford to give so let's not talk about it cuz maybe you don't have a job and that's a separate conversation how to get income or whatever but but let's assume you have seed today because god says that each one of us have seed in some capacity, and then what do we do with it? And you say, well, I can't afford to let any of it go. I'm so strapped. And maybe we would dare look at another side of it. We can't afford not to give, to be like God. And we have to start, I believe, before we get into this, today there's an impartation, okay? It's the celebration grand finale, if you will. I believe an impartation that people that join City Life in years to come will feel this moment in history today here right now, right here right now. An impartation that says, I'm, I'm going to look at finances in a hard way and I'm going to just ask the Lord, what do you want today? Not what is the preacher saying, what does God want today? Chris Hodges says, I never ask the people to give, I always ask them to ask God. And God's generous and he's always calling people to give, so it's a way better plan. I love that thought. So here's our starting line before we jump in. Our starting line is, we are love to love. Tetelestai, it is finished. This is not a salvation issue. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And anyone who comes to Jesus, he will not cast them out. If they confess their sin, turn from their wicked ways, and believe in him, he will grab them up and bring them home. You belong here. And then they're just heirs of the throne. Like, it's a really cool deal. That's the good news. And then now we start to learn what does the kingdom think, operate, live, live. Uh, We have somebody who, he's a ruler with rules and healthy guides and boundaries. And so let's just look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7 today. This is the cheering verse. Each one must give as he, she, has decided in their heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. We're going to look at one of the toughest stories in all of the New Testament. Story I've revisited many times. I've asked God, what in the world? Why? And it's in Acts chapter 5. The church has just kicked off. Jesus has ascended to heaven, told his followers to be witnesses of him. They're starting to meet together. They're recognizing that it wasn't a building, but it's, it's a gathering of people. They're making a political statement that they're called out, that they're set apart, that they bow to no one other than King Jesus. They're spending money differently. They're learning differently. They're giving differently. I mean, all of it, it's completely flipped upside down. Opposite kingdom, insert now, here we are. And for us, this is very foreign. Because we now even more access we have to, to online and social media, we're getting this picture all the time of what, what life looks like or could be or should be, filled with comforts, filled with desires, filled with trips, filled with promotions, filled with the constant comparison game. And when we check out and we just let God speak to us, it, it, it's liberating, it really is. It is liberating to be called out, to be set apart and to follow his script, follow his game plan. And you're going to see a couple, a married couple that committed privately in their hearts to God and didn't follow through, and there was a radical display of God's judgment, at which all of us are subject to, but thank God for Jesus. So there's no way we can unpack the gravity of all of this today, but hopefully this will begin in further a conversation. I don't think we end dialogue. In fact, um. Our theology, our study of God, should continue throughout our whole life, and there should be some course correction along the way. And I've always thought it was interesting listening to preachers or certain sects' s e c t displays or followings of Jesus, and then there's no like after sixty years, like, hey, maybe we missed it a little bit. I'm like, wait, you, we, you, hundred percent, you're like, you know, and and so. I, 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 there's for sure some not this essentials, and then there's some conversations essentials, deity of Christ, Trinity, um, depravity of mankind, saved by grace alone, all of that. Okay, and that was just for the buffs that care. And then everybody else was like, wait, I gotta Google six of those words. Like, okay, bring it back down. All right, we will, we will. And I remember sitting in church and Googling things <laughs> like, what was that? You know, there's no pressure, we're loved, remember? So let's continue the conversation. But a man named Ananias and with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept backed for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid at the apostles' feet. But Peter, who's been forgiven in a radical way, denied Jesus. And here he is, now a representation of the church, been restored. And so the contrast here is going to be startling of what takes place. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have lied to man. You have not lied to man, but to God. Pause. Finances, giving, giving living everything stewardship our relationships marriage all encompassing I loved what Bodie said last week he said it's a Christian cliche but I'd never heard it if Jesus isn't king at all he's not of king of all he's not king at all I'm like that's profound he's king of all Jesus is king of all and if he's not king of all he's not king at all and we're never truly first lying to man we're always lying to God Super convicting. We've sinned against you first, God. And God's gracious and he's good. But here you have the beginning of the church and a very holy precedent is being set, the representation of the whole ministry and everything that's gonna take place. This couple lied to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down, breathed his last, died on the spot. And great fear came upon all who heard of it and when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Well, let's rewind before we even kind of look at this non-cheerful giving story, okay? What took place in just the chapter before, verse 32, at chapter 4, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of these things belonged to him, was his own. What would that statement look like in our context today? That it's not mine. Like, you want to sit down and have a conversation? Like, you know? There was this minister, he was getting ready to um, run this huge event in Detroit on one of the craziest prostitution corners. And my buddy was getting ready to play music with him, and he hadn't talked to him in I think 15 years since college or whatever. And the preacher, he's a very well-known preacher. He's at Brooklyn Tabernacle now. And he looks at uh, my friend and his college roommate. And he looks at him real close and he goes, before you go on stage, is there any sin in your life that you need to confess right now? And got right in his face. I remember thinking, man, that's pretty bold. And he's just like, the people don't deserve for you to not confess it before you go out there and minister and lead them. And in no way, shape, or form is anybody on the stage perfect. But we should all be able to be looked at, challenged, corrected in the season of life we're in. Now, to be above reproach. And we've all had massive failures, right? But where are we at and, and with God today? And he's a good, loving father. He's willing to lead us through it. But when it came to his church in this specific moment, it was such a holy precedent. Because it was the statement and the gravity of how people saw the movement of Christ was at stake. And his judgment fell, and I'm telling you what, people probably weren't selling land and holding for themselves anymore, right? And I believe they, when they breathed their last, they were in heaven. I, I, I believe they were in faith, they were wrestling. Um, I don't know that for sure. Maybe that's just me half full, but I also think my dog's in heaven because Jesus comes back on a horse. <laughs> Shout out to Toro. They had everything in common, and then just the next chapter later, hey, I've already committed to God, but now I'm coming to the table with the team, and I'm not really all in. You guys hear about the the fight between Draymond Green and uh, Durant this year? And Durant's a free agent now, and 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 Draymond Green was really mad at the, the middle of the year. He's like, "What's up? If you're already gonna leave us, just leave us." Like. And he called them some pretty pro, you know, language. And it, it turned out to be a big blow up. And, and some say that that's even unraveled their season, that chemistry, that lack of unity, that lack of oneness, that lack of having everything in common. And in the church, it's like, well, man, we really can't talk about money. or We have every reason why we don't want to be involved. And I just wonder, at some point, when does it stop? Like, it's just enough. Like, we don't need to see the love the city truck to know that it's worth it. Like, it was always worth it. You know, it was always worth it. It was always worth it, and it always is. And you've maybe uh, heard, you know, out of Malachi 3, where bring the full tithe into the storehouse, tithe meaning 10%, that there may be food in my house and therefore put me to test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour it down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And we tie this to say, okay, well, I'm giving to God first, he's gonna bless me, but but we're seeing in the New Testament, and I don't own anything, I'm so about the cause of Christ, his family, his, his mission, I'm consumed with it, that, that it's just normative that I would even think 10%, and now it's normative that I'm, actually challenged to say I might give it all and I know like we have king planning and we need to prepare absolutely but not all of us have that gift some days God's just saying okay put all the chips in it's an act of faith something heroic happens so we got to zoom out and there's way more going on than the tithe and it's beautiful and that's cool Uh, it's really neat it's really neat to let God be the Lord of your finances that we're free to give we don't have to give. And so hopefully you're interpreting my passion in a right way to go back and even wrestle these things with yourself and think of where you land on these things because I've been challenged through this, studying this. And uh, for our family, I think it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to even shape some crazier decisions going forward because sometimes you think you graduated a level, right? Like, oh, I've been here. I've been here. I know, I know what faith I need. No, faith you don't graduate from. There's a giving guide that you got when um, maybe you came in or they're, they're outside. It's a little printout. Did, I don't know if they got them. Did you guys get them? Yeah, so let's just go through that a little bit. So let's pull up the first slide. Um, oh, there's some scriptures, and uh, I lo- I, reading this is really neat. The team looked this over, and we th- this, this would be cool to take home. This is great bathroom material, you know what I mean? You know? So there's really no excuse. And then we go to the next one. Here's some questions. Like, what is a tithe? Simply put, it means 10%. And Leviticus 27.30, every tithe, tenth of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees. In our, this is equivalent, we're not farmers, most of us, but equivalent to our paycheck. It's the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So God. Yeah, things change in the New Testament, but is, is God, is, does the character change? Or is it kind of like we get a bigger picture now that, that the tide is such a shallow conversation? It's like, oh, that's cute. And here's the cool thing. God, you could start at 1%. There's no condemnation. You just be committed to say, God, you're first, but then hopefully for sure getting to a 10% at some part in our life, and then getting to a place where like maybe, Francis Chan says, if we really think of others higher than ourselves. We're willing to ask something crazy where I might give away 51% of my income. You know, that whole idea, like, when I get X amount of money, then I'll be super generous? Here's what money does. If, if we're not generous with a little, we for sure won't be generous with a lot. Money is just a magnifier of who we are. It just magnifies who we are. So we can fake it, talk about it. It, it, it really is, a, this, I'm not sure that there's another um, indicator of, of, of how much we believe in Jesus in our context, America. I'm not sure there's another indicator. That's kind of how far that this has challenged me. And then what is an offering? You might hear that term, and it refers to giving above the tithe and supporting like a missionary. We give you an example, and and this is a big misconception. Will I get rich when I give? I mean, I think we all kind of want that. Like, why do you play the lotto, you know? Come on. I'm still tempted to play lotto every once in a while. You're like, oh, man, you know, God gave me a number. What? Uh, why would God want my money? Well, God doesn't want our money. He wants our hearts, and he knows that money is tied to our hearts. Do I have to tithe? So we explain a tithe and then get into do I have to tithe? Uh, the short answer is no. What? I thought that's what church talks about a lot. Yeah, well, the short answer is absolutely not. You don't have to. We get to exercise a principle that we see played out to support God's work and to share the good news and have a vehicle, a family to house, disciple, empower, equip, and then also reach the city, seeking the welfare of the city, Local missions, global missions, and to, to, to steward, ultimately, manage what God has given and entrusted. So all of us, you know, that, that idea, I think the, the old American mindset that we've adopted, and, and, and please don't hear, I, I, I love our country, I love our context, I love the American dream. But I also know that there's a backdrop and there's a dark side, which is the lazy boy sofa, and that idea that the king of his castle, cause he's worked hard, he can sit and hey, woman, go get my drink and I'm gonna watch the game. Like that is a backdrop too, um, that so many of us have bought into this lie and this dream that means that I own my own little palace and I get to have a 2000 square foot home for three of us when the truth is some people are living on top of each other and they are so happy. So happy. So we got a lot to learn. Um, we, the longer answer is tithing is a powerful kingdom principle, an opportunity to give and be a part of what God is doing. Giving is a grace from God. I want to give and invest in the kingdom, but where do I start? Hey, you could call us partial, but we were doing this before we were getting paid. We believe that Jesus loves his bride. And the bride that we're committed to, we, we want to filter there first. He loves his boo thing. It's his girl. His church, ecclesia. In fact, at the end of that text that we read, Ananias and Sapphias, that fear sped throughout the whole church, the word church there is ecclesia, or ekklesia, and it means a gathering of called out ones of a political statement that says we only have one king, and it's Jesus now. Wow. Like, whoa, we answer now to a higher authority than the Roman Empire. I remember after I got saved, I got pulled over once. And uh, I've gotten pulled over several times since then, but pulled over in this one instance. Cop is behind me, and the light is blinking. You know, it blinks. um, And uh, uh, when it's like 5 a.m. in the morning, I was just getting done with the studio session. Cop's behind me. I know that, and it's a blinking red light. Well, it was like 5.59 or whatever, and it changed at 6 a.m. The exact moment, it turns into a solid red light. So I look both ways. I go, right? And um, cop's behind me. you know? Oh, my goodness, like... I'm serving the king now because how many people know sometimes when you make steps for the kingdom, darkness is there to meet you. So it's not that you you might give and everything breaks this week. That's okay because it's still worth it before the truck. And uh, I I remember telling the officer, so good to see you. Jerome, what are you doing now? And then we're talking. She goes, I heard about your life change. It's real neat and stuff, but you ran the red light. I said, you're right behind me. I knew that. It was just flashing. Yeah, but it turned to red. I'm like, come on. I said, here's the fact. I have the highest authority now. I'm truly not trying to break the law because God sees everything. <laughs> and I remember that was an epiphany for me. It was profound. That That is a high conviction. That God saw what we were looking at last night. Thoughts we had this morning. And he doesn't condemn us. He's like a good dad that wants to lead us. So we don't hide from him. We actually go to him. We say, God, I'm wrestling with this. Speak to this tension. We might be wrestling with this message and saying, well, I need you to speak to this tension, God. I'm not cheering to give, but maybe by the end of it, you just would be. And so we think the greatest place to start is his church, it's his people, it's a home. And if you call City Life your home, then, man, what a great opportunity today to start to get committed, consistent, consistent. Ephesians 3.10 says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, and church is going to look different in different contexts across the globe, it's going to look different in... Our model is a Sunday morning experience, the front door, you know, people, you belong here, getting, you know, like not everyone on a Sunday is trying to go to church for four hours. So we were like, yo, let's do like a 70-minute-ish service. And uh, what would that look like and have groups because not everybody's trying to move in together like right now, even though that would be really neat, but we can move the narrative, move the conversation that just one day they might be a block pastor. And I think we're going to see it just like one day there was going to be a Love the City truck and people looked at us. That can we stay long enough to taste the fruit that everybody gets to come? Ubuntu, I am because we are. That kind of vibe. like Everybody's coming. Everybody's going. And so the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. That when we're unified, when we have everything in common, it talks to all of darkness everywhere. It's, it's, this is neat. This is really cool. Are you guys still with me? Okay, cool. So we 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 love starting with the church, and then we continue this. Uh, you have this printout. Why give the city life? Uh, city life in short is this church, and um, and here's what it helps us do. It helps us get more staff to equip people. And I know this has been abused, and if we dismiss and use every. If we use every bad example to dismiss us from a good example, that logic doesn't play out anywhere because for one bad boss that you should be done working then. For one bad teacher, we should be done. One bad girlfriend, we should never get married, right? And it goes on and on and on because at some point we know that the real decoy is trying to rob us of the real McCoy. So bad displays of money shouldn't stop us from being a part of healthy displays of money. The accountability here at City Life, just to be transparent, get, get, you know, pull the curtain back, we have an accounting firm that does all the finances, third party. We have a, a overseers, three senior pastors that oversee me. And this doesn't like, make us foolproof, but this does start to improve the odds we have a local board of trustees as we just now have moved out of our parents' house, we're adding here. We also have had a board of trustees out of City Life Philly for the last three years And as we then grew and got our, uh, we got more mature. And, and, and every year we, we operate our budget on 90% of the previous year, which is very challenging because that means many times we're not making staff decisions to be stewarding so that we can prepare for opportunities later. We're trying to prepare, you like it's going to take us all. And um, so today is, I think, monumental. I think it is. There's only what, like, um, um, I don't wanna say 150 of us or 200 in here right now or whatever. And uh, it could feel like, well, this isn't the biggest moment in City Life's history. And I would say this is bigger than Easter Sunday because this has the ability to reach more people on Easter Sunday. Our numbers, they say Easter Sunday is, it shows you your width of how your reach is in the city. Our church on our big days has always been over 1,000. And for being a church three and a half years old, that's crazy. Because when stuff hits the fan, people are like, man, I might go there. Or when they feel like they have to go to church, they come. We saw 80 people respond to the gospel this year on Easter Sunday. One times 80. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a name. Everyone has a face. Uh, so it helps us rent facilities, and these aren't the cool, shiny things. The truck is way funner, but, but um, it helps us do love the city impact, and you'll see even on the giving, there's a drop-down section. There's always, you know, there's the, there's the, the, the foundation, the infrastructure. You'll see ties and offerings, and you'll see a drop-down if you're doing it through the app and on the envelope, love the city. What that fund is, a specific earmarked fund that, that goes specifically to all the initiatives in the city and then also our global initiatives. And at City Life, every dollar we get in, we give 10% on as well. So it's a, it's a reinvesting model. And of that 10%, for MathBus, if you're with me real quick, 2% we give to ARC Church Planting. We've planted 850 church apart in that network. So that's reaching so many different people and then three percent is given to our put away for our global fund and we're supporting one missionary in china right now and then five percent is for our benevolence and love the city initiative so ten percent is going out out of city life and then also anything that's marked for love the city on top of that in our church as a whole we've averaged over 20 even 30 percent every year giving outside of this place because we've supported things or, or speakers when they come in and, and we just want to be generous Every, when, like we are way outside our realm of possibility right now. Like we're we we came and do this, but it's awesome because we're given in faith and what God does. In case you didn't, did you check that in the video? It said thirty-five thousand we were trying to raise. We raised seventy-three thousand dollars because God didn't want he didn't want a used truck. He wanted a brand new truck. We were kind of scared. Like oh my, thirty-five grand people are gonna think we're crazy. And God said, wait, didn't you say you wanted Nike for the inner city? And you're so sick of handouts and people just giving, you know, like, hey, we got some extra stuff you could use. And we don't see people like that. Like, oh, you you need, you know, a lot of times, no offense if you've done this, but people be like, hey, you got some clothes that I can donate here. We're not a clothes donate place. Maybe if you got some money that you give people, there's a TED talk. If you give people money and trust them, the poor specifically, that they'll make better decisions than if they had a handout because they feel empowered. Another talk, another day. That's a fundamental philosophical shift. But come on, come back, come back, come back. We want to give to City Life. It helps us do all these things. We have a link to our annual report. Um, And for time's sake, I got to start blazing through this. So stay with me. Um, And then here's how to start giving. You could create an account. I want to be committed. I want to be consistent today. Um, And I'm in. And then should I record my giving? This is a big one. You know, like there's the verse that says, I shouldn't let my left hand know what my right hand's doing. What about Ananias and Sapphira? So we got to be really careful when we just isolate one verse. Recording our giving is a form of even us being able to see stewardship. And it's a measure of faithfulness on the dashboard of where I'm at. And, and, And there's no condemnation. There's freedom. The coolest thing is we can start today. Maybe you've heard the phrase, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, 10 years ago, when's the second best time? Today today um and then i think that's it there's some resources at the end of this and so here's my point fearful giving kills and i'm meaning it figuratively but in their situation it was literally but faithful and cheerful giving fills proverbs 11:24. 24 one gives freely yet grows all the richer I've found that the wealthiest people seem to be some of the most generous. But I've also found that those who are forgotten about and those who are the poorest, they lead the way in it. So it doesn't mean what income bracket you're in. You could be poor and wicked or poor and righteous, and you could be rich and wicked or rich and righteous. Because ultimately, it's about God. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And here's the response to cheerful giving today. In the same passage, I'm gonna read it out of the message. It says, the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way. Giving's about people so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us. This is the neatest part. What does giving do? It allows us to give great praise to God. Here's the top seven. If I was thinking just one slide, maybe you want to take a picture of this. But top seven of what takes place when we give. To have a statement or some theological truths. We give to worship, praise, and trust God. We give in faith first and cheerfully. We give to Jesus' church. We give consistent and keep track. We give in wisdom as stewards because we need to know is there good ground, is there transparency and fruit. That's important because we're investing. We give sacrificially above 10%. We expect a harvest of more kingdom and God will reward. How those rewards play out, that's where it gets really tricky. The word in Greek, cheerful, means Hilaros, I think it was the pronouncing, but it's basically the same word, hilarious. Hilarious. When we think about giving at the end here, are we thinking, I want to be hilariously giving? (laughs) Like, yo, Adam Stanley, like, I'm in, hilariously giving. I'm so glad the offering's coming today, because I'm hilarious going to give. Well, that's what it means. And sometimes we can see when we're tipping, do we round up or round down? It's Christians, a couple giving stories that I just want to highlight as we close, and we got some huge, cheerful giving people that I've known in our circle. And um, one was just leading us up here in worship today. I've watched Rob and Christina cheerfully give, and they wrestled with me sharing this because we know that we're nothing special, and God, in spite of all of our sin, has still chosen to use us. But I think it's also important to note and have some reference points for all of us of what this community is built in and around. And the Gilries, I've watched them, you know, sell their truck and give it to music projects. But when the church, you know, is going and, and I watched them, you know, go all in with uh, your pre-launch stuff. And, but, but as we got closer to, uh, uh, or as we got in the kind of the rhythm of it, you know, like, we all took a risk, so even some of our, our, our income went down originally, because when you start something, your income doesn't go up, right? You start a new business, it doesn't, and so we were all taking a risk, and they came upon uh, some money where they were able to make a business transaction, and they were able to support the Love the City truck to fulfill their pledge, and then they came to our house one night, and we were thinking about money and all this stuff, and because we're on one income, and sharing a van, and at the time, you know, crazy, and, uh, and they wrote a uh, they wrote a card to us, and he just handed it to us. They came over; they were just, like super happy, and they looked, hey, you guys home? And we're like, yeah, we're home. And and uh, he's like, hey, open it up. And they're just standing there staring at us. And I'm like, what in the world? And I read it, da da da. And I, he's like, open, oh, you know. And I'm like, it's a check. But they wrote us a check for ten grand, and that was like exact money that we we incurred some debt once we started the church. And so our story: we didn't have debt, and then we took a risk. We had a little bit of debt, paid it off, and. We're debt-free now, other than our house, and coming from you know 17 years ago of having a 450 credit score, and now debt, you know it's all about moving the needle of me versus me, we versus we. I'm I'm not comparing myself to you, and you shouldn't compare yourself to me, but we should be inspired. And I thought, man, that is crazy because they were hilariously giving, and they were doing that all on top of what they were already tithing, and then for the truck, and then and they still felt like, no, we see what God's doing in you, and we want to honor, and we're like, we can't take this. They were like, you know, you have to. We're like, no. And, uh, and, and uh, I mean, they convinced us, you know. But. And I think of our friends, the Hazes, who pastor at Element Church. And when they were leaving, uh, transitioning their church, I shouldn't say leaving, they were there faithfully and transitioning and they felt like God told them to make a pledge to the church. And they, but they were leaving, so they didn't know if they should you know, honor it or not. But they, they knew they wanted to, but they didn't know how. But the pledge was heroically crazy big for the building campaign. It was $40,000. in faith. Well, he was working at GM, ended up getting a buyout, and the buyout came to over 40 grand or whatever. And how many people know, like, once you got the money, it's easy to talk about it, but it's harder to walk it out, right? And uh, they paid off a little credit card, and then they wrote a check for 40 grand. They did it smiling, it was the happiest thing, and then they transitioned, and they just gave it, you know, check to the pastor for 40 Gs. I asked them if I could share that story as well. They said, yeah, you can share it, because it's not our story. It was God's money. It was God's money. And they were doing that on top of the consistency. And then the last little cheerful giving story, I think of my wife. If worship team, if you guys want to come up, I'm going to play a video here in a minute. It's going to be cool. And then we're going to give. We're going to have an opportunity to just practice this. But I think of my wife, before we started the church, you know, she worked at Jackson National Life and uh, they had a 401k there, right? And we'd saved money in the 401k and they match it every year. They have a great program they would match. And then they would, based upon how much profit they earned, that that they would give a bonus on top of that that would go into uh, the fund. And that did really well. It was like 18% return for the time you were there. I can't remember how many years, but we accumulated like 30 grand or so. Well, before we were starting the church, our launch budget was like 150, right? And church planning in, in, in this area, especially in the Midwest, is just foreign. So people are looking at us like aliens, right? Like, why would you start another church? There's so many of them. But new churches have the highest success rate to reach unreached people. And we knew we were called, so we're like, hey, that's fine. We'll take some time, giving high fives. And, 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 and we, reading the book of Acts, I remember saying, if God ever lets us lead something, we got to go all in. And I'm like, hey, babe, I know we got this money in our 401K. It's, kind of, it's totally a stupid decision. Like, super dumb. But what if we gave it all? She's like, let's do it. So I emailed Pastor Brad, and he's like, my biggest concern is are you still given in faith? Or are you given in fear? Because are you gonna blame God later because if, you don't, if it doesn't work out? And I remember it was a deep conviction that it's just worth it. And I'm not saying we're gonna do that again, but what I am saying is that the play worked that day, and God's been faithful every time, and he saw our needs through the whole process, we would do it again for the sake of the one every time that's a cheerful giving hilarious story (laughs) and lastly I want to celebrate you because it was this church when we said 35 grand and rooms of people from the coaches to the dream team to the Sunday morning even in worship one time someone texted and was like I'm giving 15 grand to the truck What People just kept coming. Man. What we've been able to accomplish so far way exceeds what we're able to do on paper, our engine capacity. But God's faith, because he's been faithful, is to fill us up over and over and over and over again. So as we close and as we give, um, Thought of three, just three filters, all under the church, called out ones, the ecclesia, that we'd be committed in our finances, committed to him, stewarding, committed to be intentional, that we give to God first, we'd be consistent, because together we can do exponentially greater things, and then we'd also be cheerful. that he would take every dollar and work miracles in people's lives where where are we at today on this journey only you know and I'm not going to ask you to give I'm not asking you to give or ask God that today might be a day that you sign up for an account and you say you know what board and water and life you got auto pay I want my church to today might be the day we're like "Mm, I'm going to take this love the city fund to a whole nother stratosphere we're going to keep being faithful to love this city one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until God makes all things new. See, this isn't a foreign concept. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus is rolling with some women and some leaders of the time, and it says that they provided for the ministry out of their means. That God has built that The church isn't a place of transactions with widgets. Like we're not selling product. We're believing that dollars are fuel to reach people. It's it's fundamentally different. Because a lot of times we want to know if we're giving or or that we're spending or that, you know, there's a transaction, we're getting something. Holler, Amazon Prime, anybody? Amazon Prime, boxes show up. Come on, it's fun. Click, click, click. Shows up. All right, I spent something. Go to the store. You get buyer's remorse. We never lose, I genuinely believe, we never lose investing in the kingdom of God and investing in people. We just never lose. We never lose. It's all about Jesus. So it's not the amount that counts. And we see the widow. Story As he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box, many rich people put in large sums. And the poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, the lowest amount of currency in that day, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, hey, truly, I say to you, (laughs) that poor widow's a hilarious giver. She's cheering to give. She put more in than all those who... Contributed into the offering box for they all contributed out of their abundance but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had and all she had to live on last thoughts as we take it take an offering and for some of us it, that's not physical i get it because it's online and it's digital and you might not even be prepared today and you say i gotta go home please process this You have that form, take it home, have conversations with your spouse, God, in what vehicle, in what family you feel you need to be connected to. And um, it's important to know there's budget conversations. If we need help in that area, like for real, write that on the connect card. There's income, job conversations, assistance, and needing, you know, resources. And there's just also just good old-fashioned heart conversations and giving conversations. And that's what this is, okay? Giving team, if you guys would come up front, we're going to have an opportunity to give. And then we're just going to worship as we close out and enjoy some popsicles with the Love the City truck that is brand new and outfitted because of you. And we'll be dropping the Love the City music video today. And we'll play that. um, If you just want to stay in between, we'll play that. as you're walking out, but Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity to give that you own it all. God, have your way today. You are the God of miracles. Use every dollar to love this city one life at a time, and we won't stop until you make all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.